This might be the most important training camp in Ravens history. Well, the one that's most comparable is the 2011 training camp because that was the lockout season. I mean, that was comparable because you got a late start, but you didn't have COVID hanging over your head. I mean, I think I'm most excited to see Marquise Brown, you know, just because he looks like a uh, freaking G.I. Joe. So <laughs> he looks amazing. I'm just, I just want to see him like flying down the field, fully healthy, full speed. I want to see the rookie linebackers, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. Both of them could be starters. Would Justin Tucker definitely be on the team in 2012 without a preseason? If you were only basing it on practice, would the coaches in the front office have felt comfortable enough to say, we're going to let Billy Cundiff, who had been a pro bowler in his career, we're going to let him go, and we're going to give Justin Tucker the job? Maybe they would have. I don't know. Welcome into the lounge. Garrett, you smell that, buddy? <laughs> smell like football? Smells like football! <laughs> <laughs> Trading camp. Oh, my God. Trading camp is almost here. It's actually going to happen, Garrett. Yeah, it technically is here. I mean, rookies are back in Baltimore. They're going through a process of getting tested and clearance to enter the building so that they can get to a point where everything's full go. But for all intents and purposes, training camp has arrived, and everything is moving towards football. Now, look, I obviously know it's not going to look like a normal year. Typically, guys arrive, and they're on a practice field in a day or two. That's not the case this year, but it's a delayed gratification process, and things are all moving in the right direction, and that is what's most important here. Very, very exciting. So what we're going to do today is the full training camp preview. We're going to talk about you know, why this camp is so much so important, players to watch, you know, the effect of the preseason and whatnot, and the time off. We're going to look at some early 53-man, well, who knows if it's going to be a 53-man, whatever the size of the roster, some early tough decisions <laughs> yeah. uh, looming. So full breakdown. Uh, but before we get to that, let's get a read from our friends over there at Ram. Passionate fans, winning traditions, and legendary toughness are why Ram trucks and Ravens football go hand-in-hand. When it comes to power, luxury, and technology like an available 12-inch Uconnect touchscreen, you can't find a better light-duty or heavy-duty truck. Go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer, schedule a test drive, and experience everything that goes into making dependable Ram trucks. Great deals are going on right now. You can shop online at Ram.com, and you can get your new Ram truck delivered right to your door. All right, Garrett. So, you know, I think one thing I was thinking about the other day is this might be the most important training camp in Ravens history. You know, I, I, I know I'm one of these media Ooh. types who likes to make the, the splashy headline, you know, um, but mm-hmm. I think there's some truth to that. I don't think that's completely just pulling it out of my butt. I think there's some truth to that notion. Yeah, there's probably some truth to it. Um, I don't know. How do you rank this one? Like the, the one that's most comparable is the 2011 training camp because that was the lockout yeah. season. But, the, so, but the, yeah, so, I mean, that was comparable because you got a late start, but you didn't have COVID hanging over yeah. your head. <laughs> oh, for sure. There wasn't there wasn't the, the global situation that's right. going on compared to, I'm just saying from the standpoint of players not being in the building and getting the late start, that's probably most comparable. 
And then, I don't know, there's important training camps like one of the first or when we have a new coach, but whatever. Yeah, it's an important one. I agree with you on that. Whether we're not going to, we already did the top, the 25 greatest games in franchise history. Now, do we need to do the 25 greatest training camps in franchise <laughs> Let's history? Let's rank them. Let's rank them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One to five. I mean, the reason that I say that is it's not just, I mean, every team is in the same boat in terms of it's a, it's training camp is even more important because of the lost time, but. Here's the Ravens, a team with very legit Super Bowl chances here. Uh, and and so, like, you know, if you're a team that projects, I mean, who the heck knows, but if you're a 500 team, right, like, it's one thing, right? If you're building for the future, let's say, let's say you're the Bengals. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Joe, it's important, very important to get Joe Burrow started off, right? But, like, I don't, I don't think the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, no, no knock yeah, on the Bengals. Yeah. I think they're going to be much better, but I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, it's like building for the future. The Ravens are building for right now. Like, right now is yeah. the window. And so they got to get right, and they got to get right in a hurry, uh, like a little bit over a month if the regular season kicks off on time. So um, it's just it's just pivotal. I mean, and of course, Lamar Jackson and the next step he's going to take. You're relying on some rookies to step up and be in big positions when it's going to be tough for rookies this year. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Patrick Queen, looking at maybe a wide receiver is going to have to step up this year on offense. So I, I just think this this training camp is very pivotal. And like we've said before, I do have confidence that the Ravens will handle it better than everybody else in the league because that's kind of how John Harbaugh runs things. You know, he was coach of the year last year for a reason. Yeah, exactly. No, just as a side note, I don't know about you, but there's been some times in the past week where I'm getting ready for training camp and I've looked back at videos or even when we were doing the 25 greatest games and I looked at actual games and I'm like just watching football and seeing clips or seeing highlights or seeing full games. It's like, it's nostalgic because there haven't been sports on and just the idea of it getting close. I'm just so excited about that. So like the idea of having players on the field doing football, it just gets me giddy. It gets me giddy (laughs) thinking about it and I can't wait. So um, I I do kind of feel like a kid in the candy store a little bit. I kind of like the mental yeah, image of I, I, you just being like, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting giddy. giddy. I'm giddy. It's a great word to like seeing. Yes. That is a perfect word to sum up how I feel at the start of training camp. Were you giddy? Um, Were you giddy when you yeah, had to like, get your COVID test? How'd you feel about that one? I was not giddy about that. I was a little bit more nervous <laughs> about that. Just lean back in the old nose there. Uh, but it wasn't bad. How'd it turn yeah, out? Going to be getting it a lot. How'd it turn out? Negative. I'm good. Atta boy. I'm, I'm good. You've been wearing that mask, big dog? Oh, yeah. I got it over here. Um, I don't wear it in the house, but yeah, I do have a mask. We should um, probably wear a mask when we're just talking to each other. Just extra layer of safety. Yeah. Muffled. Nice muffled audio. <laughs> Perfect for a podcast. Um, but I'll tell you what. Like, like I, I completely agree it's going to be such an important training camp, and I do think that the Ravens will be really ready. There's the coaching side of it, which – I think the Ravens will be incredibly well prepared in that regard. And then just to pat some people on the back in the organization, like when I went in there to get the COVID test, there's just, it's an incredibly smooth, efficient process. Um, They've got the people who are working behind the scenes to get the facility ready for players to return deserve a ton of kudos because it just, there's so many little things that you don't think about that need to happen in order Mm -hmm. to get training camp up and running how people get food, what the meeting rooms are, which hallways people can walk down, how you socially distance a team in a locker room uh, where you have, you know, 90 guys in a given setting, how you socially distance in a weight room. Like all those, there's a million different things on the business side, on the football side that all need to happen in order for training camp and season to go off. And so like that 
I am just so impressed at the way that uh, people in the building are, are operating. It's it's really well done. So did you go in the building? I did not. I just I was outside. I don't even go in the building. When you get a test, you're in a trailer out, out front. So I didn't even go into the building. So you get a test from the trailer out front. And then I turned around and I left. So I actually haven't been in the physical building, but it looks even different. There's a tent out there where basically that has expanded the area where the uh, dining room is. So now there's basically a second dining room outside in a tent Ooh, that's attached. Double to, dining room. Double I'm dining interested. room. Uh, but ba- basically it's just a social distance in that space. Yeah. Um, so and then there's a, te- a tent where you go in and, and or a trailer where you get the test. So like there's all sorts of things uh, in place to, to make it a safe place. And there's people working literally around the clock to make that happen. So just had to give them a quick pat on the back. But in terms of football – You should have pe- – wait, 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 wait. You should have peeked through the windows and checked on the OJ, the orange juice machine, the peanut butter mm. machine. Mm. I mean you could have done a little reconnaissance work while you're well, there. Well, I think that all that stuff is gone. I, I I think that like oh. the I think that the cafeteria is like I don't know this for sure. I think it might be like a box lunch setup this year. Ooh. Well, they but like, be- if they, are they going to put peanut butter in there? <laughs> Hi, if I box lunch, I'd like to get a large jar of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> you can slip it in. I mean, if we're putting an apple in there, toss some peanut butter in. That's true. You're desperate. <laughs> You're getting desperate. Oh, I'm beyond desperate. <clears throat> so. All right, football. Enough about peanut yes. butter. Football. Okay. All right. Um, like, who are you most excited to see? Yeah. In camp on the field. Okay. Most excited to see. I mean, I think I'm most excited to see Marquise Brown. You know, mm-hmm. just because like he looks like a freaking GI Joe. Yeah. Like, for our younger audience, GI Joe was a popular action <laughs> figure. <laughs> back, you know, I'm old, but back when I was a kid, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. So he looks amazing, and I'm just I just want to see him like flying down the field, fully healthy, full speed. See just his breaks, see like everything, you know. I mean, I just expect to see this like pretty big difference from him. Um, you know, on the same note, I'm also really excited to see Miles Boykin, you know, because not only do I expect him to make a year two jump, but the Ravens need him to. You know, I mean, here's a very important player who might be a starting wide receiver potentially for 16 games. You know, I mean, if he proves himself in training camp, I think it's a really big camp for Miles Boykin. And uh, I'm excited to see him as well. So I'll stick to the people's answer here and talk just about wide receivers. This is a popularity vote for you right now in terms of... (laughs) In terms of those positions, people in Baltimore talk about wanting to watch wide receivers at the start of training camp. Nothing's changed. Um, yeah. No, but I'm with you, I'm, particularly with Hollywood, because we've all seen the videos this offseason. He's clearly bulked up. Uh, we never, you know, like if you were to go back to this point last year at training camp, he was walking around, just standing on the practice field. Right. For the first like three weeks of camp. And then when he got back, it was a very, very slow ramp up, and he wasn't able to practice really full go the entire season. <laughs> He was limited all year in terms of his practice reps. So he's healthy, foot's healthy, packed on weight. He's if 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 you know if the vid- if the Instagram videos are any indication of what's to come, this is going to be a huge year for him. And uh, I think we just saw a, a sample of it as a rookie. So I'm with you that that he's going to be big. I, I'm but I'm going to go. I, I want to see the young linebackers. I want to mm. see the rookie linebackers, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. Yeah. Um, both of them could be starters. You talk about Boykin and Hollywood being starters. There's a chance that both Queen and Harrison 
could potentially be starters. I think that Queen definitely is going to be a starter. Um, And, and whether it's LJ Fort next to him or Harrison, you know, we'll see, but I want to see if, if Queen is looks as as fast as he played in college, because that's part of linebacker play in terms of being able to play fast is knowing what's happening and being able to diagnose what's happening in front of you. And I don't expect him to, to step on the field on day one of training camp and know everything that's taking place. It's drinking from a fire hose a little bit, especially right. at the start of the year, start of camp. Right. But how quickly can he take in that information and be ready to be ready to fly around? Like that's the Ravens got him because he can fly around the field. And then with Harrison, it'll I think it'll be a little bit tougher to assess him in camp because if we're just going with the stereotypical answers on these two guys, he's the thumper and you know, hitting and full tackling is limited in camp. It's, it's, there's not a ton of days of of full padded practices, especially this year. And even when they are full padded, they're typically not wrapping up and bringing guys to the ground. So I think I was looking forward to seeing him in in games because the preseason I felt like would be good for him. Um, but if he can shine enough during camp, then maybe he finds his way into the starting lineup. But I think that he's going to have an uphill climb to do that because of the limited restriction on number of days and pads and also no tra- uh, uh, preseason games potentially. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, speaking of linebackers, I'm also really intrigued to see Jalen Ferguson. I mean, you know, we're talking about guys who can make that year two jump who are in a big position probably a projected starter, you know, he and Pernell McPhee, I would expect to share that role. Um, you know, but Jalen Ferguson is a, is a big time player for this team, not only this year, but moving forward. I mean, you look at next Tyus Bowser's going into this last year. Mm-hmm. Matthew Judon's on a franchise tag. I mean, Jalen Ferguson is like the present and the future at outside right. linebacker. So I, I would be interested to see, kind of the progression he makes. I mean, here's a guy who had the most career sacks in NCAA history, breaking Terrell Suggs' record, and I'm intrigued to see, like, if he can fulfill kind of that potential in the NFL. You know, we saw glimmers of it uh, as a rookie, and, you know, usually the Ravens haven't had an outside linebacker that got many starts as much playing time as him because there's a guy named Terrell Suggs that was in the way. <laughs> now that now that he's got that under his belt, like, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see how much progression he's made can I toss out a few more names just real quick? Just on, let me just say on Ferguson. Like yeah. to me, he was really green last year. Small yeah. school, young guy, um, and so the fact that he played as much as he did and played as well as he did, I think, really bodes well for the future. Didn't really see like pass rush production out of him as a rookie. So is that kind of like that's a that's maybe a next step in that progression? Exactly. It's like getting to the quarterback. Um, also, I think physically, he's a guy that could benefit could have benefited and probably will benefit um, from having a full NFL offseason, spending time in the weight room. He hasn't, he's not like, like Hollywood's posting on, on social media all the time about what he's up to. Jalen Ferguson hasn't been doing that. So there's like a bit of mystery. I don't know exactly what he's going to look like. And those are things like for guys like that, what do they look like? How have they spent their second season? Like how prepared are they to come into camp? So um, Mm -hmm. I think that for, for some players, there's just this uncertainty about how they look and what they, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be in bad shape at all. I'm just saying using that time over the past six months, um, I think that he could be in a position to kind of hit the ground running. Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, you know, excited to see Lamar, of course, because his progression. Who's that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we should probably mention the MVP. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, you know, his progression, of course, is at the center of everything. Um, 
He's already pretty darn far along, but he can get even better. That's exciting. Um, DJ Fluker, Matt Skura, Tavon Young. You know, you talk about Skura and Tavon guys come back from injuries, and then DJ Fluker as, you know, really the, the only hit the offense took this offseason was the retirement of Marshall Yonda. I mean, trading Hayden Hurst, too. Um, but the biggest hit, obviously, was Yonda. Fluker looking like he's, you know, a machine now in his training. I like I like to see that going from a four X to a two X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see him, but you know, watching the O lineman. Let's be honest, it's not that fun. Well, game, so. it it is. <laughs> you can and all, you got to get the pads. Like that's not going to be for a little while. Yeah. And there's and and for fans, just if if we talk in vague terms about how the first couple of weeks of training camp are going to go, just as a heads up, that's because we don't have a great sense of it. Those things are still being worked out by the league, by the NFLPA. So. What we do know is that there's going to be some element of a ramp-up process. Maybe that's strength and conditioning that goes into non-padded practices, ultimately to padded practices. Right. But it's not like the guys are going to get in the building and then the next day they're going to be on the field for full padded practices or even that week. It's not going to be like a typical year, and so we just have to accept that. But on the O-line, like I actually am kind of interested to see what the that, – because that's the biggest question on offense, I think. Yeah, oh, for sure it is. I mean – you have a, a center coming back from a major injury and then you have to replace a hall of famer at right guard. So like, what well, is not just how do the guys look, but what is the lineup that they throw out there? Where does that's Brad- the biggest, that's the biggest yeah. like roster yeah. question on the offense. I think the biggest question for the offense as a whole is, you know, how do you evolve after being the number sure, one offense sure. in the NFL? But, but yes, in terms of like position group, the biggest questions by far are on the offensive line. Yeah, and so like, what, where does Bradley Bozeman play? Is he left guard? He was he was he played well there last year. Do they give him any reps at center? Uh, if there's any uncertainty about Skura's status, is is Fluker day one step in at right guard? You're filling in for Marshall Yonda, and then also like, where's Ben Powers? Could he get some reps with the ones? Um, so yeah, the the offensive line to me, while it's not really fun watching the grunt work, the boys in the mud there, I think it's interesting to watch what the lineup and what that group as a whole looks like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. I think also you look at kind of – you go into this and you have a checklist, right? I mean, it's like, all right, here's what we need to accomplish during training camp. And that is <laughs> – this year, being that it's so wacky, that checklist, I have to imagine, is much different, right? I mean, like, you're just not going to get to the same level, I think, offensively that you normally would, right? So when you're looking at the checklist, Garrett, our checklist for training camp, this isn't we didn't get this facts over from John Harbaugh. <laughs> um, you know, what what to what to you are like the most important things like by the end of this, this has to be checked off. I think that you have to have some level of chemistry in the passing game. Cause the passing mm-hmm. game is something that takes reps, that takes rhythm, that takes familiarity. Um, you're gonna have Hollywood I do think it's beneficial that these guys have gotten together during the off season um, and they've used that time of their own to try to, to try to build that, but to step in and and turn around and get on the field um, for a regular season game with limited practice reps, hardly with no off season. I think that that is a uphill climb. So I think you got to see some chemistry in that passing game uh, between Hollywood and Lamar and between miles Boykin and Lamar. Like, and then, and then the second piece of it is the offensive line piece that I was just talking about. Chemistry again, but like bigger than just chemistry and, and rapport. I just think the offensive line has to be 
good enough. Like it, the offensive line has to, it, you're losing a huge piece there and you need to, whether it's just Fluker himself um, or the, of the collection of the guys overall, needs to be able to replace as best as possible Marshall. So those are like the top two things on my list. And then, then third, last, real quick, third would be, <laughs> would be if you're going to have Patrick Queen starting as your middle linebacker, how prepared is he to be the man in the middle at defense? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Would you would I, you put would you put any of those higher? Like, would you put the queen thing? Uh, see, I think higher? I think I would put I would put offensively. I think first order of business is you got to be able to run the ball again, right? Like, Greg Roman kind of talks about it. You have to be really good at something, right? And and then once you're really really good at something, you can get good at other things. And to me, I think this team needs to at the start of camp, certainly by the end of it. I think it's going to be really difficult to have that passing game humming, but in order to get off to a, a fast start once the games roll around, the Ravens are going to need to run the ball well, just like they were last year. And and I think that's something that they can certainly do. I mean, we don't know what the rules are going to be for contact and all that stuff, um, but I think like that to me is first order of business for the offense, and then you kind of, over the course of the season, progress passing-wise. I mean, you you obviously have to have... S- yeah, you have to have some level of proficiency of passing the ball when you start the season. But I'm just saying, I think like you got to run the ball really well from the start, and that'll get this offense kind of going. Um, Maybe the reason I didn't say that is because I just feel like it's a foregone conclusion in my head that they'll be that able they'll to run, run the ball. Yeah, but you know, you have those O line questions, like like we're talking about. I mean, you take Marshall Yonda out of the run game, that's a big, it's a big loss. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's kind of first order business. And then the other one defensively, I completely agree with Patrick Queen. I think the other one is just, you know, how how are these new additions up front going to affect what you're doing defensively? And, and you have to work those guys in. I mean, Clayus Campbell and, and uh, Derek Wolf, I don't have any problems. You know, I think they know what they're doing, right? And I don't think that they're going to be lost within the scheme or anything like that. But, like, they are a big, big boost, and I'm just – all those pieces kind of have to work together um, in that front seven to really make it as dangerous as we all think it will be, and it looks to be on paper, right? So, like, I think getting that kind of ironed out um, and getting some more production, you know, getting Jalen Ferguson and Tyus Bowser and those guys humming a little bit, like, that's another thing on defense that I think a lot of attention is going to be paid to. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that when we talk about the players to watch, neither of us mentioned Calais Campbell or Derek Wolf. I- right. I, like, uh, look, I'm excited to see them, but I kind of think we know what we're going to get. Like, I don't think right. either of them are going to go out there and they're going to be getting a ton of reps in training camp. Those are veteran players who their reps already, even though it's a new system, they're going to be limited. They're not going out there in full pads and, and trying to prove anything and impress the coaches. Clay's Campbell's going to be okay. He's The coaches <laughs> know that he's going to be in the starting lineup. That is that is going to be just fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Don't you worry about me. <laughs> Terrible impression. Terrible impression. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of t- talk right now, and this will probably be dated by the time that uh, the pod is ready to, to put up, but, you know, about the preseason, how long it's going to be. You know, we're going to have two games, one game, no games. You know, what what effect do you think a shortened or eliminated preseason will have on this team and, and just the players, you know, some of the players themselves? I think it's going to really hurt undrafted free agents, and the Ravens have been better at finding and developing undrafted free agents better than any other team. Like, I was talking to my brother about this. Would Justin Tucker definitely be on the team hmm. in 2012 
without a preseason. He he yeah. outperformed Billy Cundiff in training camp. However, if you remember that season, I can't remember who the game was against, but there was a game at M&T Bank Stadium in the preseason where they just let Tucker kick that entire game. And he kicked great. Hit a number of field goals. And it might have been the third preseason game, maybe the second. But the feeling was, like at that point, Tucker showed that he could do it in a game. He did it in right. practice all summer, but then he did it in a game in a stadium atmosphere, more pressure. And that was kind of the, the final checklist. If you don't have that, if you were only basing it on practice, would the coaches in the front office have felt comfortable enough to say, we're going to let Billy Cundiff, who had been a pro bowler in his career, we're going to let him go, mm-hmm. and we're going to give Justin Tucker the job? I, maybe they would have. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair point. Um, it would have been it would have been an even gutsier call. Yeah, it would have been a tougher call, that's for sure. Um, so I, I agree. I think that you know when you look at the undrafted free agents, I think I bet the streak continues. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of that is because of the tight end position. There's a need at tight end, right? The Ravens have already talked about. <laughs> hey, one of these guys, maybe both of these guys, could make the team. You know, I think that at the end of the day, one of them will. And it wouldn't surprise me if a second one does. I mean, we don't know if rosters are going to expand, roster sizes, whatnot. That could help. Um, practice squad, you know, is the practice squad going to be even bigger? Something like that. Um, but I agree. It's 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 not only hard on the undrafted rookies for making a team. I think it's just harder on the rookies, period. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's harder on Patrick Queen. It's harder on Malik Harrison. It's harder on all those guys. J.K. Dobbins, I mean... It's it's just one thing to do it in practice when you're not really going full tilt. The Ravens are going to be trying to really protect these guys, especially because they haven't had the training that they normally would. You know, you don't want to have any injuries, self-inflicted injuries in training camp, that's for sure. Like they're I think they're going to be cautious with these guys to not play any games as a rookie and then be expected to step in day 1, week 1 and play. That's tough. Yeah. Um so but look at a guy I, like like Tyree Phillips. Third round pick, offensive lineman going from tackle to guard. I mean, there's a lot to take in right there. Yeah. Uh, it's how do you how do you handle all of that? Like to me, when they drafted him, the the talk at that point was could this guy step in and be your starting guard? And that was before they signed Fluker, I think, if I'm doing the Yeah. Right. Um but the feeling was like maybe this is your starting guard. Well, I mean, that would be an incredible assignment to go and change positions, adjust to the yeah. NFL, and then take in take over as his day one starter. So those are the types of challenges that these young players are going to have to overcome. Yeah. I'm not really worried about like the starters. I mean, of course I think like some game reps are good, but generally speaking, you know, the starters have been seeing less and less time in the preseason as a whole. Like I'm just not too worried about that. You're not worried about Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Peters. No, (laughs) I mean, and so like, and who knows like what kind of, things John Harbaugh will think of in terms of like little scrimmages and you know I think he'll try to simulate that stuff in training camp near the latter part of it to try to get do it as best as he can um so from that perspective I'm not too worried I I think that you know getting the giving these players some time to get their legs under them after all the lost time and all those things you know and and protecting them you know the less exposure that you have to another team to having to fly somewhere and all that's entailed you know, I think, I think the better, like we all want to get to a regular season and we want that regular season to not have to be cut prematurely. Right. And so I, I think that, you know, I'm glad that the two sides seem to be working together and, and finding a, a, a compromise and, and what makes sense together. And I think that it seems like they've got a good plan. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, all right, let's do an early look. And this is the, the I love the early look, the early look. At this the is roster. like when they put they they put out like the mock drafts yeah, for the next that, year, right? Like the day after the draft ends. Yeah, yeah, that's always <laughs> my favorite. That's always. It's actually kind of funny as a side note on that. I remember I went back and looked at the one from the 2019 draft after, and looked at it from the 2018 draft. And some of the guys that were in that were ended up as first round projections. Like Jalen Ferguson was a guy who was mentioned as a potential as a potential first round pick in that early, For the early Ravens? mock draft. I don't For think the he was to the Ravens, but he was just a potential first round pick. Mm-hmm. Just as a random mm-hmm. thought there. Um, anyway, um, so we eventually will do our full 53-man roster prediction. This is not that. But when you look at the positions, like what do you think are going to be the toughest calls early on right now? I look at uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think are going to be – I guess I, I don't know that wide receiver is going to be necessarily tough, but I do think that it's going to be interesting. Well, I mean, so they're Hollywood, quarter- Boykin. Yeah. yeah. Willie Sneed. Hollywood, Boykin, Willie Devin Duvernay, Sneed. James Roche is five. Yeah, and then I expect that Chris Moore will make the team as the sixth to be your special teams guy. The reason that I put it on this list is because of Jaleel Scott, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll, I'll toss out there Antoine Wesley. I I really liked Antoine Wesley last summer. Like, here, this kid made a lot of plays when they said, go deep, yeah, and we'll yeah. throw it to you. And, like, and here's a guy who's also been busting his butt this offseason, working out with RG3 and all that. Like, I think I think he deserves a shout-out on the pod. Yeah. Um, give it to him nice yeah i'm sure he'll appreciate it yeah i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) it'll just make his day um but like you know like and jaleel is is just an interesting case another player who looked really good last year in training camp the preseason i mean he was kind of the toast of town in training camp last year and then just couldn't find his way into you know onto the game day roster and and making an impact it's just here a fourth round pick with a lot a lot of potential it's going to be an interesting case for him. You know, there's a lot of competition now with two rookie draft picks, a lot more competition. It seems like there always is at wide receiver, but that's one I'm interested to watch. And then I think quarterback is probably going to be the toughest roster call. You know, do you keep three quarterbacks again, especially given COVID, you know, you don't want to be short there. Um, And then who is that third quarterback who even is, you know, I think RG three obviously has the leg up at number two, but he's going to, he's got to win that job again. You know, it's not handed to anybody to just, you know, it's not handed to you. So is it Tyler Huntley is the third quarterback? Trace McSorley, I think, has a leg up, obviously, because he's got experience. But, you know, can he carve out a special teams role? Those kind of things. I think quarterback is going to be interesting. I actually, and I haven't done the full breakdown yet where I start assigning roles. and Maybe I feel differently if I, I've done that. I, I don't feel like quarterback is that challenging this year. I think you keep three quarterbacks because mm-hmm. of COVID. I think mm-hmm. that the risk reward there is if Too you high. were to find it on a find out on a Wednesday or a Thursday that all of a sudden one of your quarterbacks, Lamar or RG three, has it. Yep. Well, obviously that's a major situation and they're down for multiple weeks at that point. You better have somebody in the hopper. It's the most important yep. position in sports and to go heavy there in this year, I just think is kind of an easy decision as I look at it right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's just there's just a huge risk if you're trying to find a quarterback. And maybe you could get Trace McSorley on your practice squad, maybe, but maybe not. And so, if are you trying to find a quarterback on a Friday and the game's on Sunday because all of a sudden, <laughs> right? The, yeah. You know, like one of your quarterbacks tests positive. Even if it's RG three, you need to ha- like uh, the, the the doomsday scenario that any 
football fan is throwing out is what if your starting quarterback gets it the day before a game? Every fan of every team has talked about that. Yeah. And so, but even if it's, even, what if it's even your backup? Like you need to have yeah, somebody sure. ready to, to move into that role. So I think you keep three and I think it's Trace McSorley. I just, yeah. I haven't, look, we haven't seen Tyler Huntley on the field yet. Liked him on the podcast, but you're falling for the old podcast trick. Whenever a guy comes on the <laughs> podcast, they got to make the team. Uh, but I, I think mm-hmm. it's McSorley. I like, I really liked Trace. Like I think that he I like will Trace push. Too. Yeah. I, I think that he will push RG3 for, you know, second team reps, but I ultimately do think it's going to be Lamar RG3 and, and Trace. Yeah. You know, going through it, like, I don't think there's a lot of really difficult one, like, position battles this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, tight end, who the third tight end is, is probably one of your best competitions. That right guard, who ends up being your starting right guard. But, I mean, your D-line is set. Yeah. Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, Calais. Inside linebacker, I mean, we've already talked about the rookies. You know, can the rookies become day one starters or does the LJ Fort start or, or whatnot? I, mean, I think you know what your outside linebacker situation is with Judon on one side and you have Jalen and Tot and uh and McPhee on the other side. Cornerback, you know, right? Yep. I mean, you know who your your top four guys are, really. Yep. Maybe there's a little some competition for the fifth, sixth spots. Yeah. Safety, safety, you know who like your top four there are against. So there's not a lot of questions on defense and not a ton on offense either. So I just think it's it's interesting. Um, well, that goes back to why we're so excited about the season because this team yeah. doesn't have any questions. This team right. is rock solid. They've got, yeah. I think, top to bottom, both sides of the ball, I think right now the best roster in football. When you look at offense and defense, they got the reigning MVP. Um, I think they've got the best team in football. So – there's not a lot of questions, which is part of the reason we're so excited about this team and why yep. we're why, why going back to what we said at the beginning, why I'm giddy right now because I love <laughs> how much talent and potential there is on this football team. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited about the defense. Like I know there's a lot of people obviously buzzing about the offense, um, and they should be, but this defense could be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Wink had to like bring the heat every other play last year to create some pass rush now you put Calais, you put wolf you got some really good young blitzing linebackers you know queen and malik can both get after the quarterback i'm not saying that wink is going to dial it back because that ain't who wink is right (laughs) wink's going to come get your head um but like now he has the horses to come get you and um i i really think this ravens defense i mean now with tavon young back in the secondary Earl Thomas has another year. One thing we shouldn't overlook, Earl Thomas has another year of just comfort. Like, you know, he, he it took him some time last year, I think, to be comfortable in this defense. Now, with another year under his belt, Chuck Clark next to him for the entire year. This secondary is awesome. I think this defense could be very exciting to watch this year. Oh, I mean, people forget that the defense was third-ranked overall last year. They yeah. finished the year's top three. And they went through major changes, basically rebuilt on the fly with Josh Bynes and LJ Fort and Marcus Peters and Jihad Ward and Justin Ellis getting all signed in the middle of the season and then coming playing in significant roles. Yeah. But now, barring any kind of injuries, they're set. Like the, the defense could go out there and play, and they're set. And they've got depth. They've got top end talent. Uh, they've got the best secondary in the league. I think they've got the best uh, one two punch at cornerback in the NFL. So there's a lot to be excited about uh, with this defense. And like I said, it's just top to bottom, I think the best roster in the NFL. Anyway, 
You know what else there's a lot to be excited about? What's that? Hmm? You know? Ram trucks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's go say hi to our friends from Ram. With every new season, there's new challenges to overcome. And Ram trucks are built to crush every single one of them. They're powerful, dependable. They're the back-to-back Motor Trend truck of the year. But beneath that hardened exterior, the Ram 1500 offers a standard of comfort with rear legroom designed for a comfortable lead. And the available rear auto-leveling air suspension found in the Ram 3500 is beyond smooth. So for big cash allowances and exceptional lease offers, go to Ram.com today. All right, well... Training camp is going to be here. We're going to see these guys on the field before you know it. We're going to be bringing you as much coverage as we can. Garrett, Garrett's over here with the high access. <laughs> oh, you're like the VIP, Garrett. Okay. I don't know. That might be putting it a little bit too strongly. Uh, <laughs> but that's why I get those delightful nasal swaps. Yes, exactly, <laughs> uh, which I have yet to get. So, um Anyway, Garrett's going to be bringing you tons of coverage. Our whole team will be. They'll be going to be busting our, their butt. Nick Modisette over there, our producer, he's listening. And Nick, can you say anything? Are you recording, Nick? <laughs> you, you know say, Nick's not going to say anything. There Come he is. On, Come Nick. on, Nick. Come on, Nick. Big trust. <laughs> <laughs> Nick will be busting his butt. You get, I think he's getting the daily swabs, too. You getting the daily swab, Nick? Oh, yeah. Yep, getting the swabs. You feeling good? You testing you, you test negative over there, big dog? Aced it. Perfect test. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have a full team that will be bringing you the best coverage of training camp that anybody's going to be bringing you. We're going to have a, a uh, training camp live show, which I'll be coming in on. I'll be rotating with our guy Clifton. Clifton mm-hmm. Brown and John Eisenberg and Garrett. Um, so we have a lot of coverage. Make sure you stay locked in. The pod, of course, will keep on running. Oh, yeah. Um, so... A lot of exciting things happening. That's what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It really is going to be fun. And uh, these next few weeks, we're going to get to see football. So I know fans are eager for that. So as always, you guys can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. No emails this week. Didn't have any really good ones in the mailbox. So go ahead and send a few more this uh, this week. We'll try to get to them uh, in the weeks ahead. And also, if you didn't listen to it yet, go check out the International Podcast, uh, where we talk with fans all across the world. It was really fun. And we hope that people enjoy that as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. 